This year, five lucky kids will follow in his footsteps. I want a squirrel! Don't touch that squirrel's nuts! <laughs> Why is everything here completely pointless? But only one... Candy doesn't have to have a point. That's why it's candy. We'll find his heart. Oh God. You are listening to Don't Be That Guy. I got a sequel remix. Uh, this is episode 360. I, to- I, you know, I told Mike I lost my book. I don't have the book. <laughs> and I, I don't know what episode this is. Hold on. Episode 367. I'm Mark. He's Mike. You're Mark. I'm Mike. Yeah. And I, I have a really mistimed cough right now. I'm sorry. Oh. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> That I usually try to get that out before we start, and there is a fly flying. I know. Out of here. Where does that come from? There's no windows. There's no. It just started flying. Where around. did it come from? Yeah. This is, oh, it's gonna bug it's me like off. Like Jeff Goldblum shit in here, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought the losing of my podcast book was just gonna mean, all right. I don't have. I didn't get to write down the box office numbers, but Nelly really threw off the whole intro. <laughs> I write that down. I know it's the, the exact same line every week, but I write it down. You are listening to. Don't be that, you know. And a little inside information for listeners. He rehearses that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> uh, this is our eighth take of that. Yeah, we do We do seven dry runs yeah. of the show before we hit record. Oh, man, I'm, I'm all thrown up. I do have I do have my notes, at least on my phone, so uh, what have you been watching? Oh, man, I got... It's been a few weeks, yeah. you know, with uh, vacations and, and, and... We thought we were giving people a bonus episode by doing Top Gun a week after, <laughs> and then turned out... We're just right back on our normal schedule. Yeah. We had to add an extra weekend. Had an extra, add a week. Got the, hit the, got the COVID bug or whatever. Yeah. happens. It happens to everyone these days. I'm just a statistic now, Mark. Yeah, I did not report my case. To uh, I should have. I feel like I should report my case. You got to. Do I? Add to I don't know. Yeah. But I'm a statistic. Um, and just to clarify, Mike got COVID. My body, my temple, still clean. Mark has never been sick a day in no. his life, except for that few. Shows we had to cancel I've, because Mark was sick. I honestly thought, I but he was, it was just laryngitis. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't COVID. It wasn't, it wasn't COVID. It wasn't no. filthy COVID. It wasn't, <laughs> you weren't one of the dirt people. <laughs> oh, over this over this year, I've have I thought I got COVID at least four times. Yeah, every time I test, negative. Uh, I told my neighbor I got COVID. He he kind of did this like laugh, like you got COVID, you little bitch. I was like, I'll fuck you. Yeah, Mike got filthy COVID. I've just gotten uh, laryngitis. Uh, a stomach flu, uh, you know, a normal <laughs> flu. But COVID? No, sir. I haven't had a common cold in 15 years. Yeah, but you got COVID. But I got COVID. No symptoms, though. Yeah. Symptom-free. Didn't, didn't get any symptoms. What have I been watching? I, okay, so I got de- I got a decent list here. Um, so I'm just going to I'm gonna go in in the, in the order I watch these. I'm not, uh, because there's too many to, to, sure. to quantify in different little things like we like to do. I watched the brand new movie. I think it was a Netflix um, you know Miles Teller's he's he's all the shit. I watched Spiderhead. Okay, on Netflix. I watched Spiderhead. Okay, I'll just say, I maybe we do a smaller deep dive when after we get your list. Okay, it's a movie. I watched uh, Facts. <laughs> 2007. I'm gonna. I'm curious if you've heard of this. Samuel L. Jackson. Heard of him? 2007 movie called Cleaner. I have not heard of the. Clean, okay, I have either. So the premise is Samuel L. Jackson plays an ex-police detective who starts a crime scene cleanup, biohazard cleanup company. Okay. And um, it's kind of formulaic, but kind of a cool premise. So basically he cleans up a crime scene. Un- unknowingly cleans up a cr- gets hired to clean up a crime scene mm-hmm. for the criminals. Oh. A little mystery. Yeah. 
that's not a spoiler. You re- you realize what he's doing immediately. Yeah. Um, kind of a fun little movie, formulaic, um, but good. Uh, it's got Ed Harris, Sam Jackson. Um, yeah, I was like, this is kind of cool. That's a great and, premise and, for a movie. And even though I don't like her, Eva Mendes was in it. Uh-huh. She was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Cool premise. Yeah, and I, and it's I great. It, yeah. The criminals call the crime scene cleanup crew. Yeah. to cover up their crime. That's, yep. Yeah. That that just seeing that one sentence, I'm intrigued to watch. Clean. Yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. cool, and it kind of had that old school vibe. Had fun, fun like uh-huh. cop cop uh, movie mystery movie music and stuff. Um, nineteen ninety. Watch the animated picture. Okay. Nineteen ninety seven. The Disney's Hercules. Yeah, uh, that's still fun. Uh-huh. That is still a fun movie. Uh, I watched it. It was on a it was on a TV. Watched it with commercials. Um, the animation is still beautiful on that, by the way. Um, 2021, newer movie, um, The Card Counter. Okay, yeah. Great movie. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that. I know it's intense, or at least I've heard it's intense. It's I, it's a it's a serious movie. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Highly recommend it. Great performances all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, check that out. Card Counter, very cool. Um, 1994's. Meryl Streep. Um, it's funny you mentioned Whitewater Rafting in pre-show. Yeah. Meryl Streep, Kevin Bacon, John C. Riley, um, that other guy that's in things I don't know his name. The River Wild. Yeah. Movie holds up, Mark. Movie holds up. It's so fun. It's such a cool movie. And now that I've been Whitewater Rafting mm-hmm. in my life. It adds to it, right? Yeah, it adds to it. It's super cool. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Bratt's in it. Great movie. I'd watch it again today. I should give that a rewatch because I haven't seen it since I've become a whitewater rafter. Like, you know, right in the white nar. So, yeah. I'm sure it hits different. I might have seen that movie in like God, 30, 15 years. It's, it was about that for me. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, it holds up. It was great. I, I remember always loving it. Uh-huh. I've seen it maybe a couple times before. I was like, you know, I'm, too, I'm, I'm dipping in and didn't disappoint. Um, 1996, Tom Cruise vehicle. Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. Not as I said, I loved it. It's yeah. it's a great movie. Not as hardcore as I remember it. It it it's kind of a loose movie. It's kind of a it's kind of a light movie. The the more contemporary Mission Impossibles are are still kind of light act. Like there, there's comedy. You got the yeah. Simon Pegg aspect now, and, and some some good wise cracking and stuff. And and in intense action, uh, this just oh, I always thought this was more of a serious movie. Uh-huh. It's it, it's it's not, and it's less serious than even the newer movies. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's what's Brian De Palma, right? Yeah, doing the first one. Yeah, you kind of think it'd be a little more. Yeah, takes you know the, the where you know where Fallout is this like wild over the top. But I always thought Mission Impossible was more like yeah, serious, yeah, thriller. And I think like three was the turning point. Like, uh-huh. could, well, three was like, okay, we can still do this. Two was just, from my recollection, two was absolute garbage. Right. And then I watched. I skipped three in the theater because I hated two. And then I watched it. and I was like, oh, three actually works. And three was like, we can still do this. You get a great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. And then that was like, look what we can do with this really good support. Yeah. Support cast. I think was and. and and just let Tom Cruise run the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 2015, um, The Gift. 
This is directed by Joel Edgerton, uh-huh. co-starring Joel Edgerton, Jason Bateman, Rebecca Hall. Uh, that movie is awesome. Okay. Holy cow. What a cool movie. I don't even know how to explain it. Jason Bateman plays his character. He, he reconnects with uh, someone from his past. And it's it's this 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 crazy psychological thr- thriller kind of. I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. Check the gift out if you got time. All right. Oh, you said the gift. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that movie. But I was thinking the box, which I think came out the same year. Oh, I Cameron don't Diaz, maybe Jason Bateman. I don't know that one. Based okay. off the uh, Richard Matheson short story about getting a box. I think they were gifted a box. Okay. Uh, but different movie. Yeah, this is definitely not based on the Matheson short no, story. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, Joel Edgerton directed and, and, and co-starred in it, and it's pretty good. What year was the gift? 2015. Okay, no, much, yeah. Yeah, Jason uh, Jason Bateman. So he would have been... Um, also not Jason Bateman. James uh, Morris did. Oh, um, Oh, in the box. In the box, which is not the gift. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think what Jason Bateman would have been coming off of here for this kind of more of a serious 15? role. Uh, well, Arrested Development. But that would, yeah, I guess, but maybe the redo on... Oh, the Netflix, right? The Netflix. Yeah, off the Netflix stuff. I thought Arrested was like 05 or something. That's or, true, and then it was gone for a while, yeah. and then... Uh, uh, he did Ozark, right? I guess maybe uh, coming off of uh, Dodgeball? Let's see. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, Bateman, it's called The Gift? Yeah, 2015 on, on Letterboxd is what they have. The now. Gift, okay. You know what? He's coming off of Horrible, Horrible Bosses 2. Okay, so Horrible Bosses was... This was is where I leave you. That was kind of a drama, right? That's that Adam uh, Adam Driver's in... I think Bateman's the star, but... Uh, where they're, they're sitting... Uh, what do you call it? It's a Jewish, like, death oh, tradition. Oh, sitting Shiva? Sitting, sitting Shiva. I think you do that for, like, a whole week. So it was, like, their father dies, and it's a bunch of, like, family. The, the kids all have to get together. They have, they're estranged. They have to get together and sit together for, like, okay. a week. Aaron Driver's in it. Okay. Um, then Bad Words, also kind of like a dark comedy drama. That's the oh, one. Oh, Spelling Bee? The Spelling Bee. Uh, and then before that... He's kind of doing his comedy thing because he's in uh, Change Up, Horrible Bosses, Paul, The Switch, Couples Retreat. Yeah, so he's on a pretty good run. I yeah, say. like he's still like with with Ozark. I mean, oh, his, like his, right his, now? Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, he's, Bateman's legit. I like when Jason Bateman shows yeah. up and stuff. And then uh, a couple more, almost done. Twenty thousand sixteen, um, and Hathaway sci fi movie Colossal. Oh, yeah. Anne Hathaway, that. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah, also kind of dark. Very dark. Yeah. Very dark. That's a uh, that's a good movie. Great Jason Sudeikis performance. Uh-huh. He kind of they kind of flipped the script on that. Like Act Two, I'd say they're like, hey, Jason Sudeikis is kind of a nice guy. Turns out he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like. Great performance on him. Great writing. I think this movie's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, I'd never seen it before. I'm like, wow, this is good. And it's a, it's a, it's a sci-fi drama thing. Yeah, um, and, and it's more about like sci-fi drama, kind of like a fantasy. Kind of a fantasy. It's a monster movie. Yeah, but it's it's more about the 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 monster within. Yeah, 
Um, and then, top this whole thing off, a big old sour rotten cherry, Mark. 1988. Major, major cast, big time players here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the genre, and you know already it's a '88 film with a big time cast, and the genre is a western. Okay. What it is? What did I watch? 1988 genre is a western with a big. Oh man, massive cast. Yeah. Oh, this is my years are so. Oh, it's okay. Tube sounds like '92, so it's like. Silverado? No. Close. Yeah. Uh, Des- Desperado? Tom Tom Cruise is unaccredited in this movie. I don't know if you know this. The Outsiders? Young Guns. Oh, Young Guns. Yeah, you know what? That is a Western. That does have a... That has a huge cast. It has a huge it's, cast. But, like, when I think Western, I think huge cast. I'm thinking, like, okay, what had Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall? And, no, this was... This was who are the young, who are the young guns of Hollywood right now? Let's put them in a movie. Yes. Yeah. I also did not know Tom Cruise was uncredited. It's not good. It is not good. I I had at one point thought this movie was great. This is a garbage, I, trash, horrible, dumb, shitty ass movie, Mark. It's I would terrible. have told you Young Guns was good too. Is it possible? Okay. And you know what? Maybe future episode. Is Young Guns too good? Can't be. <laughs> can't be. I can't tell you anything that happens in Young Guns other than at one point a guy says some lines and it ends up to be the intro of Regulator. Exactly. That is all I really know about Young Guns. Well, you know, I, I know it has Billy Estevez and Kiefer Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, uh, Del- Dermot McMoroney. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you what any of those people are doing in the movie. Yeah. I can't even tell you like a, like a famous scene from Young Guns. Uh, the only one that I re- recall was when Emilio Estevez shoots the guy in the outhouse. Don't ring a bell. Yeah. It is a horrible movie. It is, is so stupid. Does he almost get uh, hanged and then they, they rescue him? Which, you know, I know happens in a lot of Western movies. But... No, there's no ga- there's no gallows scene. Oh, okay. Well, then... There's the scene where the house is on fire. Uh-huh. This is the very end of the movie. I'm going to tell you. You're not, don't watch this again. Yeah. The house is on fire. Too. I'll have to watch it. The, the, the marshals and the armies there, they're like going to burn the young guns out, and they're starting to throw crap out the windows that won't burn, uh-huh. so it won't burn, and they throw like a trunk out. Oh, guess what? Billy Kid's in the trunk. They throw Billy Kid out the window of the trunk. He jumps out of the trunk. He starts shooting guys. Oh, that sounds great. And smiling because he's crazy. You know, he's me the rest of He's cra- He's a crazy gunman. Woohoo! I killed you! It's the worst. It's the worst. And the reason I watched it, Mark, is because... I say, you're kind of selling me on Young Guns. Because <laughs> when I was watching um, uh, Mission Impossible, I, I hadn't seen it in so long. Uh, and Emilio Estevez is in that movie. Yeah, in and, the, and, the beginning, right? And he is un, uh, he's uncredited in that movie. Much like and, Tom Cruise. And, and oh, so, wait, yeah. So I was looking up. Wow. I was like, why is was Emilio Estevez uncredited in... Um, in Mission Impossible, I want to know if there was some drama mm-hmm. that went down or something. And it was, it was a artistic move by by Brian De Palma to to throw an actual curveball at the audience because they didn't want his name to show up in the credits in the posters or anything sure. in the movies. Then he's a big part. He's like in the beginning of the movie, and then he gets freaking killed. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert for nineteen ninety six. So Impossible. that's why he was unaccredited, and then it was like. It was, 
and then like Tom Cruise was actually and it was a little trivia Tom Cruise was actually un- uncredited in an Emilio Estevez movie Young Guns and I was like really yeah. and so I had to watch it and I mean it was a very young Tom Cruise I, you, 88 you, I mean, yeah. what, 88 I, I mean you, 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 it was Tom Cruise okay. you know, but yeah. like you, you gotta look for him right Okay. he's 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 not like Emilio Estevez in, in Mission Impossible sure. right, from, so right. Like, yeah. you gotta find him and uh, so that's why I watched it because I was like, I want to see what this unaccredited role was all about. And uh, yeah, Mission Impossible is way better than Young Guns. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what all I came right. to think. Good to know. Conclusion. Um, and that's what I. What did you watch? But <laughs> a great intro to regulators. Great intro to regulators. You can't be no geek off the street. You got to be handed the steel if you know what I mean. And you know what's Pretty funny cheap. about that line? It's such an iconic line now because of the song. Because regular, yeah. And it's just like this line in passing from the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's at the very beginning of the movie. It's not even like a cool moment in the movie. I kind of, they're just kind of like standing around. Hanging right? out at the ranch. Hanging out. And the yep. guy's like, oh, hey, here's, here's what, if you want to be a regulator. Uh, and then no one says regulators mount. Well, I mean, maybe later in the movie, but like in that scene, no one says regulators mount up, right? The, no, the mount, the regulators mount up doesn't come till like almost the very yeah. The, it's the last third act, like the very end of the movie. Yeah, it's right before the final showdown. How great! But it's is, not even that great of a showdown. Um, that Warren G song, you know, so good, so timeless. Sometimes you know you need a you need a a Ron The trouble Jerry. is the bass, and the bass is the trouble, man. That's what I know from that song. Yeah. Um, I, you know. Okay, I'm gonna take a recommendation. Not watch Young Guns. This isn't an old situation where you tell me to watch because it it's so bad. <laughs> I do love that Western trope of a guy popping out of a box and shoot you. My favorite, and coming out, especially out of a coffin. That's so great. Oh yeah, your um, coffin pop. Does that does that that happens in Quick and the Dead? I believe that seems like a Quick and the Dead Quick move. And the Dead, yeah. but it also happens, and this probably not a good movie. I'm gonna, I'm ninety ninety percent sure this is a good movie. I watched a lot as a kid. It was an HBO. I think it was made. For, it was an HBO original movie. Uh, Sinbad in the Cherokee Kid, and that's a move that happens in that too. And I was like, "That's a cool move." Like, oh, the guy's dead. We're just delivering him to town. We're having a funeral procession, you know. And so everybody kind of knows. Well, okay, you don't shoot up a funeral. Guy pops out of. The so they were smuggling him into town. They're smuggling him in, but they also knew that the bad guy. He was so bad. He he is the type of guy who would go bust up a funeral, uh, you know, procession, and Cherokee Kid. He was waiting for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that must be on HBO Max, right? I mean, it's an HBO original. I'm, I'm gonna watch the Cherokee, Cherokee Kiss, Sinbad. You're gonna do a, sin, a study on Sinbad. I'm, a, I'm gonna double that up. I'm doing a double feature of Sinbad, uh, Cherokee Kid, and House Guest, which is also a movie from my childhood I watched a ton of. Um, I did not watch Sinbad in any movies over over this. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just gonna go to order two because I, I, I watched quite quite a bit of stuff uh, from the last time we talked. Uh, New movie, 2022. This is on Hulu, so uh, added to my list. I watched The Requiem. That, uh, it's a shark movie, so that's what got me in. Starring Alicia Silverstone and James Tupper, uh, whoever that may be. 2022? 2022. Alicia Silverstone? This is a brand new Alicia Silverstone vehicle. Good for her. Um, this quite possibly might be the worst movie I've, I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so bad. I watched the whole thing, playing on my phone. Um... It's so bad. the The shark, the shark looks bad. 
the uh, they they kind of did a mixture of like CGI shark, you know, but then they also did the thing where it's like that's a discover that's the, that that is a free use footage of a shark in the ocean that you're just cutting <laughs> to. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not good. Um, also, twenty twenty two, put the, you know. Um, Netflix original movie, not Spider Head, though we will get to that. I watched Adam Sandler Hustle. I liked this movie quite a bit. I liked that it was a Netflix movie. You know, I didn't think it was great, but it's a pretty good family sports movie. Like you can watch this with like ten year old kids. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. It's it's a family sports movie, yeah, but like a little language, but yeah, not not, not much. nothing too bad, and um, you know it it. It's a lot of montage, like the training, the the guy like training, uh, to like for the the combine, like the basketball combine or whatever. Like I was like, this is long, uh, but it's a cool scene. And it's, like, it's a cool of, workout scene, and it's kind of like a throwback sports movie montage, right? Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, like old, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, Rocky, yeah. Uh, probably same length too, because if you rewatch Rocky, that scene's like long, and this felt very long. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I am a fan of. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves Anthony Edwards, uh, he plays I guess the villain you know quote unquote or you know the, the protagonist or the antagonist of the, of the of the of the draft and I was like who's this guy because this guy obviously he's no, a basketball not, player not that's not Anthony Edwards that's his name Anthony Edwards I thought Anthony Edwards was the really tall guy that played for the Lakers um, played at UNC oh uh, mono brow. No, that's uh, that's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yeah, uh, I only remembered his name. Uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards. Okay. Uh, played Kermit. Kermit Wills. Kermit. Okay, yeah. Um, so he's that's a real player. He's a real player. Okay. Plays for the Timberwolves. Like as you see, he's, it was like he did good. Uh, because he's like you know because the main guy is also a basketball player. He plays for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, and you could I mean obviously the guy's like seven feet tall. You're like this guy must play a professional basketball player. So when he's standing up against the guy at the draft who's supposed to go number one, you're like. This guy's also very tall. He must be a basketball player, but he's acting, and I was very impressed by his because he's so hateable. You're like, that's good acting. Yeah. By Minnesota Timberwolves Anthony Edwards, who uh, yeah, they had quite a mix of of, of a fan people playing themselves and then like personalities and celebrities playing like uh, Kenny Kenny the Jet Kenny Smith. So, it's kind of like a fun moment if you think about it. They cut to uh, the TNT show. Uh, it was the NBA Insider or whatever it's yeah. called. With Shaq. And Ernie. Ch- and Ernie. Charles. And Kenny should be on that show. Yeah. But because Kenny is playing an agent, I guess in this world, Kenny Smith doesn't exist. Right. So, it would just be a two-man show. And it was like, oh, that's kind of fun. He's it's, not there yeah, because cool. he's playing a, a, an agent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I, I like... It's a comedy, it, you know. It's a drama. It's a sports drama comedy, but Adam Sandler's not doing his like Billy Madison, Billy Madison thing. Yeah, so I, I liked it. I'm glad you liked it. Um, okay, another 2022. This is a rewatch, uh, but I, it came to streaming, and I loved it so much when I saw it in theaters. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Just good movie. Uh, still, probably my favorite of the year. It's right there with Top Gun Maverick. With like, where's it streaming? I need to watch that one. Uh, I, I ended up buying it uh, digitally. So, okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah, but it came available on uh, Amazon. So I rent it. Yeah, yeah, to rent. Um, and then, uh, okay, also 2022. So I, I, I'm having a nice run of 2022 movies. Spiderhead. I thought it was okay. I like 
it's a good movie in that like this is kind of one of those things we complain about or we'll say like they don't make movies because it felt very like nineties thriller I, sci-fi yeah and I, and I know I know I use this a lot maybe too much uh-huh. it was very formulaic yes but I don't think that was a negative thing I, uh-huh. like I said it was a movie and that's what it was to me it was a movie I did a, I, I was entertained yes exactly yeah it feels like one of these movies in the 90s you watch it you're like oh that was good and then you don't think about it ever again yeah um, I thought the for me the, the ending was weak yes that, that was my big, that was my real big complaint was like oh this ending's kind of kind of Kind of a, yeah, not good. Yeah, kind of kind of throws the whole thing off. Um, not only Miles Teller, but Joe Joe Krasinski, who just directed Top Gun Maverick. And this was also, and I think Top Gun Maverick might be the better of the two. Uh, a little bit, yeah. When I get to my end of the year awards, I'll, <laughs> I'll weigh him better. Fun Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, he's really fun in that. Yeah, yeah. kind of gets to, like let loose a little bit, doing but, something different, not being Thor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Two other movies. Uh, this one, not from 2022. This is from 2006. This is a very small, cheaply, low-budget, not-great-acting, but I actually really had a lot of fun watching this. It's called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. And it's a horror movie. It's a horror comedy-ish. You know, comedy kind of takes a backseat. It's uh, in this world, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger exist. They're real, they're real people who did their their mass killings, you know. Uh, uh, they don't really acknowledge the supernatural element of it. Uh, you know, they're talking about Freddy. It's like, oh, you know, this guy, he, once every few years, he'll kill a bunch of teenagers, and the rumor has it, you know, or his legend has reached so deep that people say he, he kills you in your sleep. So it's about this guy who, uh, he's the next big thing in mass murder, and he hires a documentary crew to follow him along setting up his big night of uh, murder. And so he's he's Leslie Vernon, and he has his own mythology that he's kind of created, and it's uh, him like picking his final girl out, like setting her up with her group of friends to be at this place where he's going to, um, you know, kill them all, and he wears a mask. That sounds absolutely genius. Yeah, it's a really cool. Pre- it's, it's there's like you could just tell it's like oh this this looks cheap. The acting's not great, except they got um, uh, Robert England. Uh, Freddy Krueger, he play, he's in it, playing kind of like a Dr. Loomis, you know, Michael Myers type, you know, for Michael Myers kind of character. So he's in very little scenes, but, like, it was like, okay, he's a real actor, but, like, everybody else, it's, they're not great. But the premise is so fun that I was like, yeah, this is good. That's cool. Yeah. That I got a Blu-ray if you want to borrow it. That is I, cool. I, 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 like I, it was kind of a blind buy. I heard somebody talking about it on a podcast. I got it. I was like, yeah, this is a fun movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that, that was a good recommendation. And then, also, 2022, this just came to streaming on Disney+. Plus. I watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You went for it, huh? I went for it. You carved it. out three and a half hours or whatever. Two hours, six minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah. For a Marvel movie, this, like, <laughs> I, I also, when I, when I hit play, I was like, you know what? Pleasantly surprised. <laughs> you get your standard Marvel stuff, but for me, the story, I just thought was so whack that i was like I, i'm not into this like gotcha. just the whole the whole plot of this movie i just wasn't behind and then for the rest of it, it's just kind of your normal marvel you know you you get your marvel beats set to like a bad story did you feel lost having not watched yes okay having not seen wandavision i got the gist of what happened in wandavision but so she's in it. She's on the post. Like, we pull it up. She's she's in it. 
But because I didn't see WandaVision, like, there was this big thing. Where, like, so if I just saw Endgame to this, they do talk about what happened in WandaVision, but having not seen it, I was, like, a little lost. Not only have not seen it, but, like, not even really, like, knowing what happened. Like, not hearing about it or anything. Yeah, I had heard, and that that's what, because... Like I've said before, I Doctor Strange was my favorite yeah. movie. I love that. That really, that really, yeah, sat sat well with me. I love that movie. I love that that kind of thing. But this one, like when I heard like you got to watch WandaVision, and then I thought I heard someone say you got to be caught up on Loki. Maybe and yeah. like and like, maybe that's why I wasn't down with the plot of this. You know, when it started going, I was just like, oh, I don't like this. But maybe WandaVision and Loki fill in. Fill in like the plot, not holes, but like the my connection to it. Yeah. Maybe that, but you know that sucks for them. <laughs> You've asked a lot of my time, Marvel. Yeah, I don't have six. I, I don't want to commit sixteen hours. I don't know. Are they hour episodes or the half hour episodes? I'm not sure, but I mean, even if they're half an hour, like yeah. if you got to watch Loki and WandaVision, you're looking at twelve hours probably. 10, I'm assuming, 10, yeah, 12, I'm assuming eight, uh, eight to twelve uh, episodes. Yeah, minimum ten. Let's say minimum ten hours. Yeah. Do you really want to do ten hours of homework to watch a movie? That's yeah. my thing, and, and like I love Doctor Strange, but I was like, man, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, but I also don't want to feel lost. But maybe I just bite the bullet and, and just be lost and watch it. Yeah, I, I'm starting. Yeah, so I'm on my Letterbox, I started a list of, of all comic book movies since I joined Letterbox. So Thor: Dark World's not a part of this list. This is my lowest rated Marvel movie, and I think it was just because I I was lost. Yeah in it and um yeah so not a not a high grade for me for dr strange and the multiverse of madness though the sam raimi stuff like it comes through like you, you, get you his, do you see his his signature his fingerprints on it um and yeah there's actually some cool like evil dead nods like just with like the camera like not even like on but like you kind of get those like the way the camera moves tilted tilt the yeah. tilt and the zoom ins like you're like oh, okay that's definitely like a Sam, like Sam Raimi has like put his touch on that so. that's cool uh, yeah I did enjoy that so uh, it's two hours if, if you got the time um, I did we got two other movies in during this time we watched uh, the 2005 remake of the 1971 movie based off a children's book we watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Charlie the Chalk Factory is a remake of Willy Wonka and the Chalk Factory, which is a 1997 uh, musical fantasy film directed by Mel Stewart and starring Gene Wilder, um, based off the 1964 novel Charlie and the Chalk Factory by Roald Dahl. Uh, it is the story of a child, a poor kid named Charlie Bucket, who after finding a golden ticket in a chocolate bar, visits Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory along with four other children from around the world. Um... I don't have the tagline. I don't have the tagline ready. Hold on. We're, we're going to get it, because that's a big part of this show. <laughs> oh, wait. It's Willie with a W. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's scrum diddly umptious. Ooh, yeah. Good yeah. tagline. Uh, was this your first time watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? No. Yeah. What, did you do a rewatch of I, this? I did do a rewatch. What was your thoughts on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, this was a movie that um, was always kind of... I don't know. It's just kind of existed to me. Yeah. I'd seen it before. It was a. I think it's a popular school movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, we put this on, Darren. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we. That's probably where I first saw it. We did the book. Sure. We did the movie. It's kind of like everyone does Willy Wonka, everyone does The Outsiders, and everyone does Charlotte's Web, right? Like, yeah. And maybe not in that order, but 
Outsiders, you might wait a little. Yeah, you might get that after. Outsiders was probably like eighth grade. Willy Wonka could be like sixth grade, and Sharpshooter was like elementary school. Yeah, you get that school. one in, yeah. And, and and then you probably skipped the Outsiders movie in school. Yeah, but so it was always and like I'd seen it before. It was just it was just a movie. Um, and but then I'm like in my head, I'm like I know all the songs. I know everything about this movie. Sure. And I don't remember particularly loving the movie, but then I, I rewatched it, and probably the, maybe the first time I've rewatched it since junior high, mm-hmm. high school, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, loved it. This I is a it. this is a movie I definitely as a kid I watched and then kind of grew out of it, and I can revisit it as like a young adult. And rewatching it, that's kind of like where I had kind of an you know, adult brain, or like my movie nerd brain, where I really just appreciated like Gene Wilder and just how colorful, but kind of how dark the movie, like dark tone the movie was. Um, then rewatching it again. I will say on this rewatch, I do find everything before you go to Wonka's Factory kind of boring on this watch. Um, just poor Charlie and his poor family. I'm like, ah, you people bore me. Have more fun songs and cheer up Charlie freaking deadbeat ass grandparents and shit yeah <laughs> like Grandpa Joe could get it the whole time I'm calling bullshit on this like bedridden grandparents bullshit yeah like I hate lazy motherfuckers get, get it help help her she she is taking care of Charlie and you're for you can't get your ass up and like stir the cabbage like you just can't, stir it so she can sweep the floor or something you can't like, hang your own socks yeah come on Oh, come on. But then, once they get in front of the gates of the factory, Gene Wilder makes his entrance on the cane. I'm, I'm like, this, this, yeah. And the whole the whole rest of the time, it's like, this movie's awesome. I love Gene Wilder in this. I, lo- I love um, his kind of, like, snarky, you know, uh, just the way he talks to the children. Mm-hmm. Um, still, you know, that, that end scene where you get nothing. I'm like, I, I, I feel like I get it was a, I was emotional. Yeah, you, like... Oh, you feel Why bad for doing this to him. Even though I know how this ends. I know he drank the pop, but come on. He was there. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Charlie and Chuck's Factory. I, you know, so as Mike said, it, it, it lived on through um, schools uh, showing it to you, but at the time, $3 million budget, $4 million box office. I don't know if it's necessarily considered uh, a, a hit or not. Um... I'd say it's a cult classic. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if it grew after a while. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I was thinking about this the other day uh-huh. since I said the word cult classic. Does cult classic refer to, like, a, a crazy following like a cult would have, or is it short for cultural? Because oh. Willy Wonka seems more like a cultural classic to me. Yeah, like, that's a good question. I don't think it has a cult following. Like, right. like people like worship it like they do the Evil Dead or whatever. Which is also a cult classic. Right. Right? But that's more cult-like. More cult, yeah. The last thing like Donnie Darko, which is like a movie like I don't necessarily like, but the people who love it, they love really like a cult. Love it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I was like, what's cult? In, 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 and I, sh- I could, I maybe could have looked it up on Wikipedia, like what the term cult, like, cult classic comes from or cult following yeah. comes from but like I'm like is that cult or is it cultural I, you know me, like, this is more like cultural but thing. I do feel like Willy Wonka might fall under cult because I do feel like there's people if I just told them it's like oh yeah we're reviewing Willy Wonka they'd be like oh I love that movie it's so great I'm like yeah it was, it was, it was alright they'd be like no it's so good like I do think it, because of the age it hits you 
Yeah. And then finding it later in life, like I do, maybe there is like this kind of cult um, love of Willy Wonka. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. But definitely a cultural classic in that I, you know, I think every kid goes through where you have to see Willy Wonka. Yeah, you just watch. It's just part of your your. It's the it's your the coming of age. You know, part of the your your coming of age story as a human being in the United States, right? Well, let me ask you this: In two thousand five, we get the remake, which we're going to talk about here shortly. If you're a child, you're in elementary school, you're reading your your old doll books. Teacher has a sick day; they're going to put a movie on. Do they put on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and not Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? I uh, don't want to spoil the end of the show, but not a chance. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. That's a question for another day, uh, or another twenty minutes from now. Uh, the film has a ninety-one um, approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, based on fifty-three reviews. Critical consensus is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is strange yet comforting, full of narrative detours that don't always work, but express the film's uniqueness. Um, it still looks great. Yeah. It's old. It's old school effects, but. Give, the premise of the book is this this fantastical candy factory. To me, that is still what a fantastical candy factory would look like if I went to one today. Sure. Did you read the book? Yes. Okay, I've never read the book. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever read a Roald Dahl book. I like, I know who he is. I know he's like the we did the witches and uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He has he has a bunch of other hits, right? That are just kind of weird books. Matilda. That's yeah, Matilda. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I I think he escaped me. You know, I was reading uh, I was reading John Grisham. Yeah, well, there was there was like the 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 doll camp, yeah. and then but when at my when I was in the age that you would get into the doll camp or the Shel Silverstein camp. Okay. Was also when R. L. Stein. I was going to ask: Are these like picture books, or are they like chapter books, like? Chapter Young, re- like, art. So, okay. Yeah. Because I was a Goosebump, you know, I was a Goosebump boy. Third grade on. Yeah, that's the thing, like... Is that about the time I kind of get into a Willy Yeah, so okay. I think R.L. Stein, like, that was the age where R.L. Stein, like, made his appearance to yeah. the world and, like, like came out of the shadows or whatever and took the world by storm. And yeah. then that was where I, like... My sister was into Willy Wonka, and yeah. she's only a year older than me, but... She was into Willy Wonka and Shel Silverstein and 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 the Royal Doll stuff and the Matilda. She loved. I remember she yeah. loved Matilda, and I was like, "I'm reading Goosebumps, man." You know, you know. I hear. I, I've actually heard this. I don't hear. I heard uh, from one person who's an adult adult person. They said that Royal Doll was their favorite author. I, I I didn't think anything of it. Now that you kind of explain, it's like, is there also does R. L. Stein not get the love he deserves, the respect he deserves? shaped an entire generation of readers and I think if someone said all oh, my favorite authors are R.L. Stein they'd be like grow the fuck up <laughs> but this person I, told me that Roald Dahl was their favorite author I go yeah there you go I, I do think there's a there's a Roald Dahl holds a holds a higher prestige among yeah. literary kind of the literary community uh-huh. than, than R.L. Stein because I'm I mean I I mean, Arl Stein didn't write all those books. Oh, he did? No. That's a shame. <laughs> I say, put some respect on hey, Say Cheese right. and Die and Monster Blood. And Monster Blood 2. Monster Blood 3. That was great, too. <laughs> um, oh, so he's like James Patterson of, yes, of, yes. of children's literature. <laughs> you can pick him up at the, at the airport oh. at the, the airport shop. Well, that's a bummer to hear. Um... 
So, beloved book, beloved movie. In 2005, we get a beloved director and a beloved actor. They remake this, um, calling it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, after the book title. Uh, where am I at? Oh, directed, this time directed by Tim Burton, starring Johnny Depp as the, uh, as I was going to say titular, but it's actually, because they changed it to Charlie, he's Willy Wonka, uh, but it follows the same story of Charlie uh, winning a contest along with four of the children as they get to visit Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Uh, was this your first time seeing Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? It was. Virgin viewing. I had seen this once before in college, I guess, because 2005. Um, but I don't think it was, I think it was kind of like, it was on, but I wasn't paying attention to it kind of thing. So some of it was kind of felt familiar. Johnny Depp's performance, I was like, okay, I've seen this before. And then the Oompa Loompas. Um, I was like, okay, I've seen this before. Um, generally, what were your thoughts on Charlie and the Chocolate Overall, Factory? absolutely negative. Po- like, I don't know if I can come up with a positive thing in this. Maybe one slightly weird positive. Yeah, I didn't like this. <laughs> like, so, okay, here's the positive. Because you mentioned how long it took to get to the factory in the first movie. Sure. And I think, I see what you're saying. Because in the first movie, we're like, are we really buying another candy bar? Opening another candy bar? Like, I liked the other kids that had their, like... Mm-hmm. You know the Baruch Assault and and the and Mike TV. I like their stories yeah. getting their their things because they're such assholes. But Charlie getting his ticket in the first movie was like another candy bar. Oh, and another didn't get it. Oh, well, they, they just have, have like the two song breaks. Yeah, and like and you're right. That is slow. So here's my pause for this. We got that golden ticket. I mean, he opened a few candy bars, but there wasn't the melodramatics of opening the candy bar. Sure. Like, just like yeah, he found ten bucks. He bought a candy bar. Holy shit, it felt long. <laughs> did feel long. It didn't feel long. But Probably run like, time. I mean, I'm trying hard. I got to dig deep for a yeah. positive on this movie. And I, I want to provide something. Sure. Uh, well, this movie has uh, had a $150 million budget. Uh, quite a bit more than the $4 million the original had. Box office-wise, though, did gross $475 million. Uh, and the general critical consensus based on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, are fairly high. Um, I have to... Uh, Let's see. Where are we at? Where are we at? 72. Okay, we are Metacritic. Ron Tomatoes gives it an 83% based on 230 reviews, uh, calling it closer to the source material than 1971's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is for people who like their chocolate, visually appealing, and dark. Um, Maybe if that review's from 2005, because... It is not visually appealing. It is not visually appealing. It's also not dark. Compared, like, if... Just because... They, they're the ones who brought the comparison in. I didn't bring the comparison in. They said they brought up Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory's name. So this is on them. Dark compared to that? Ugh! This is like... This was so, like... This was, like, for five... I don't feel like it had any edge to it. I, I don't think Wonka did. I don't think yeah. it kind of had that, like... There's no Slugworth in this. There, like, yeah, there's no... You're right, there's no... Like, emotionally, there's nothing... Dark or scary. I, I didn't feel that there like it had any of that edge that the original one kind of holds. Which... I don't. Yeah, I don't think it has a dark edge that like emotionally touches yeah. you. Um, the 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 darkness that I pick up on was like kind of like the grotesque opening to the the chocolate factory, the puppets. Oh. That's a darker thing, but it 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 doesn't resonate because there's you have no connection to the puppets. Yeah, and then. The daddy issues, maybe. Yeah, you get the Wonka backstory. Yeah, but I, mean, I, get to, I don't need it. Maybe the daddy issues, 
And if they would have, if the actual flashbacks would have been a little more hardcore, like maybe a little more like, like emotional abuse. Sure. Then sure, maybe. But, but like I get, okay, well he's got daddy issues. That's kind of a dark issue. Maybe not for a younger audience, but it didn't come across as dark in the movie. It was just like, yeah, he's going to daydream now. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, if we're comparing just the two actors, I, 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 you just get so much more, like, you don't get a backstory for Gene Wilder's Wonka, you get his, like, the humor, the child, you know, because he's, he's, a, he's a chocolatier, but he just portrays this, like, they're, they're not something sinister so much with him. An indifference. Yeah, an indifference, yes, he has, yeah, that's a good word. Where this Charlie almost feels, like, stunted, like, um, you know, like, kind of stunted child man. Yeah. 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 Um, which, yeah. Well, yeah, a child stuck in a man's body. He, of, you know, know, Gene Wilder insulting children to me is like kind of mean-spirited where Wonka, Johnny Depp's Wonka is just like, oh, but you're a child too, so this is like playground stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, Recess. Well, you know, let, let's, let's kind of get in the, the category here. Uh, okay. Any other goods? What, what, what things kind of stand out of the good? I guess maybe like, I don't think it's not particularly a particularly good performance, but Johnny Depp is not being Jack Sparrow. I don't, you know, sure. so because I feel like once Pirates came out, he was just Jack Sparrow and everything, mm-hmm. and then he became Jack Sparrow in real life. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you hear I hear talk now. I tried to like stay away from that whole trial thing mm-hmm. that was going on over the last month or whatever, but it, it, it hits all the headlines and like you see it in the nightly news, like. Him just talking at the trial or whatever, giving you know, giving his testimony and stuff. I'm just like, okay, so maybe Johnny Depp can actually act a little bit because that, like, yeah, the Johnny Depp on trial seems like the Jack Sparrow Johnny Depp or whatever. But this, so his chart, his Willie Wonka was not that. So that was a positive, I guess, for me. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I. I, I think Johnny Depp is fine in this. Um, yeah, yeah, like, sure. It's, he's Johnny, I mean, Johnny Depp is a great actor. He's a good actor. Yeah, and he's so a good actor. He's and, and good I, in this. And like, I understand why that box office was so good. I mean, Johnny Depp at the time was sure. big time. He's coming right off the yeah. yeah. So he's coming off the Pirates movies, and he's about to go do his Tim Burton run after this. Um, there's, there's a fun piece of trivia. Um, I don't have it saved here, but it's a list of everyone who was considered for the role, and it is a who's who of Hollywood at the time, ranging from Robert De Niro to um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, yeah, I think Jim Carrey, Robin Williams is on the list, but then it also includes things like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and uh, let me let me see if I can just pull that up real fast. Um, but yeah, I think Johnny Depp is fine in this. You know, you, you do get the. When when you are remaking a movie, this is kind of where you run as well. Is that well, but Gene Wild, uh, yeah, Gene Wilder, his role, the his portrayal is just so beloved, I think, and so you do kind of have that in your mind. But you know, taking that into side, big shoes to fill. Yeah, role, you know, yeah. Um, take taking that out of the side. I just while he is doing good acting, I just think the uh, his choice of like playing Wonka, like the voice, I almost kind of don't like. But I understand like he, he is acting and. When you're around children, you know, I don't think the children were particularly bad, so that always helps a movie. Uh, but you guys just tell, like, oh, well, he's the actor in this, like, yeah. you know, and um, 
he just looks visually like you have to like act like it's on a green screen. So the fact that he's kind of giving a good performance, um, it's good. Yeah, you know, I, I well, yeah, I always, always kind of liked um, Johnny Depp. Let's see. Okay, let me see if I can find this Johnny Depp. Um, let's see, Doctor Wonka. Let's see, um, Gregory Peck. Oh, here we go. Okay, here, here's the list. Rowan Atkinson, Nicholas Cage, Jim Carrey, John Cleese, Robert De Niro, Eric Idle, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Adam Sandler, Michael Keaton, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, Mike Myers, Leslie Nielsen, uh, Brad Pitt, Will Smith, Patrick Stewart, Ben Stiller, Christopher Walken, and Robin Williams were considered for the role of Willy Wonka. Uh, and I say bullshit because <laughs> Tim Burton, this is a Tim Burton movie. I was like, yeah, of course it was Johnny Depp. Yeah. There was nobody else considered for this role except for Johnny Depp because then they went on and made five more movies together. This is after, so they had already done Edward Scissor's Hands and Sleepy Hollow together, but then after that, so you look at the like what he puts out. Well, this was the list that the casting director's aide put together just because they had to do it for, for like... They had to show, like, fair and, equal, fair and equal, like, like employment opportunity yeah. for OSHA or something. I don't know. They had to show, yes, yeah, so just somebody that was like, no, we're considering other people, but it's like, no, this is... It's Tim Burton's giant dad. This, this, yeah. Of course they're working together. Maybe, maybe Michael Keaton because they work together on Batman. <laughs> yeah. You know Michael what? Michael Keaton would have owned that Michael, role. Pe- Michael <laughs> Keaton is Willy Wonka? He would have owned it. Would have, yeah. It would have been good. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll put that in the positives too. I think the kids are the kids are fine in this. They're fine, yeah. Good kid actors. I don't know if any of them kind of went on to do anything. I think the kid who played Charlie. I, I feel like the girl that played... Violet, I've Violet, seen in other yes. places. Also, Channel that yeah, she kind of, I think she kind of went on to like a show or something. Yeah, maybe a Disney Channel kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Mike TV is a kid that you see in things, or at least. Yeah, right, kinda, seem recognized. Yeah. Recognize him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, what, what, what didn't work for you with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, gosh, everything else. Visual effects, maybe they looked good in 05, they look absolutely like trash. They're bad. They, they are so they terrible. They do not age it's well. Over, it's over animated. Yes. Um, it's just like over animated, superimposed, uh, uh, terrible. I have this in my note like the opening credits of making the chocolate bar, it, that's a long scene, and I was like, what am I? I'm just watching a computer. Like, that, yeah, this is it. Like, this is just a computer animated open. Like, do people like opening credits anymore? Like, it was, well, we talked about the Candyman one. The Candyman ones were, ones were dope because I was actually watching something. Yeah, somebody put some thought into it, they were physically doing this. This was just. Like, none of this is real. No, and it was all, like... It's not like they they animated 85 robot arms making chocolate. They yeah. animated one robot arm, twisted it this way, twisted it this way, mirrored it this way. I mean, it was like... There was no work involved. Well, so, uh, along the lines, I do have this in, in the trivia as well, is that the uh, um, the actor who played the all the Oompa Loompas was uh, one man. Uh Give him some credit here. His name is uh, Deep Roy. Uh, also, just an interesting choice. I don't. That didn't work for me. Just casting one man to play all the Oompa Loompas. Uh, but in those dance sequences, while I thought, yep, he's doing one thing and then they just did him and they multiplied him, no. He actually does uh, each dance move. <laughs> I was watching that. That's what, yeah, and I can tell see there them. were some variances in, in They're not necessarily in sync. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 
I think there were some that were doubled up. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, eventually you kind of get to but, like a bunch, yeah, right? Yeah, there's and 150 of yeah. him on the screen. But, yeah, I think they're like the smaller one. You know, it's like six of them doing a choreographed thing. You know, he's doing each one, and yeah. then just kind of put them in there. Um, I don't... I, I didn't read the book. Maybe Oompa Loompas aren't the Oompa Loompas of 1971. I didn't understand casting one guy... It's a tough, it's a tough call there, Mark. Like, I don't re- quite remember what the Oompa Loompas sure. were described as in the book. The Oompa Loompas of the original movie were fantastic. Yeah, but I do, I do think there has been some. It's kind of like the along the lines of the Wizard of Oz. Sure, it, it, it could it have been an exploitive practice? Yeah. Um, yes and no, um, maybe, but. By God, they were good in in, yeah. in the 1971 movie. They were so good. And the choice to do this one-man thing in this was an absolute mistake. I, you know, and I understand, yeah, it, the explo- exploitive um, nature, exploiting um, uh, little people to do that role... I, I understand if you don't want to do that, though, you know, I, I've heard, you know, and I know they don't speak for every little person in Hollywood, but I've heard enough people give quotes that, like, hey, when you don't cast little people as elves, while that may seem, you know, disrespectful or whatever, you're taking jobs away from us. Yeah. And so it's like, could this not have been jobs? But even if you didn't want to go that route, could you just not? I don't think Deep Roy is a, is a little man. I think he's a normal size, yeah, or he's yeah. an average size man that they shrunk down. You could have done that with ten. You could have cast ten people to do that. And deep, he's not. He's not seeing. That's that's even not him. just like that's. I mean, even just like they could have casted four people. Four people. Yeah, I don't know how many there were in the original, but yeah, they were just using the same five, you know, four or five one and. Rotate them out to make it look like there was a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, I would guess in the original that maybe there was a dozen yeah. different human beings. Like, it just this this whole that thing didn't. The Oompa Loompas this movie was it trash. Did, it did. They didn't look good. Uh, you you could you could just tell that that it goes with the graphics. They just did not look well. And then the song sucked. The music was so freaking. Yeah. It is, yeah. I did not like any of the songs in any of the Oompa Loompa songs. I did not enjoy them. That's got to be at a whole cloth. I imagine the books don't have uh, song notes in them. So somebody, you know, 1971, somebody had to write an Oompa Loompa song. And then in 2005, someone had to write some Oompa Loompa songs. And these ones are bad. They are so bad. I I was insulted by how, <laughs> the, how bad they are. Yeah. I, yeah, the songs were bad. I, I mean, that was the, one of the most endearing things of the first movie. Is like, it's kind of a it's a musical, right? Yeah, I get. Like, it's not like a hardcore musical. Not but, hardcore, but yeah, the I song mean, breaks. But the songs are so catchy, mm-hmm. and and you, I mean, oh, you get the Candyman, you get that, you get so there's like four Oompa yeah, four Oompa songs, right? Because there's four children. You get, uh, but then you get like the Veruca Salt song. You know, I, I, I mean, want even more. like if. I, I probably hadn't seen the original yeah. movie in twenty five years. Mm-hmm. I could have I could have probably gotten pretty close at singing you an Oompa Loompa song. Yeah, 
Like, if you would have just asked me to, I probably mm-hmm. just busted it out. Yeah. I mean, oh. that's how good those were. That Gene, Gene, the world imagination that he does, like, that's great. But, yeah, this is also, in you know, when I, when I read the description, it's considered a, uh, how do they call it? They call it a musical fantasy. And it's like, this is not a musical. There's four, there's four songs in this, and they're not good. They're not they're not songs. Yeah, they're, they're not good. And they're, they're shot. They're shot music like a music video, like for some of them. I just, yeah, I, I just did not like. Anytime a song came on, I was like, this. As much as I wasn't enjoying this movie, I I wanted to like fast forward through them. I was like, no, but I can't. Yeah, I, I hate everything with the songs. You're right. They did come off as like a MTV music video break. Yeah, I mean, and so the one where like um, what, it was Carson Daly, like where he's going to show up and. What was his show on MTV? Where he's doing TRL? TRL was this TRL? Like, what the hell is going on here? The the one, you know, so the first one with the with the German kid and like they're synchronized swimming in the the thing, and then like all the way to the Mike TV where like they're playing the rock and roll music, and it's yeah, just none of it worked for me. No, it was bad. Um, and then yeah, and then the whole backstory side of it, I just I didn't need it. It kind of ends on this like like the first one ends. It's just. Willie and Charlie and they're flying in the elevator and it's all for like and Charlie is life's better now and this kind of gets like drawn out longer because Wonka has to like resolve his daddy issues and then yeah and then they, they move the poorhouse into the factory it's like that's how y'all want to live <clears throat> right yeah you, you got money now I still like, want to live in that crooked ass house you, oh the four the four of you freaks want to sleep in one bed together we know Joe deadbeats. We know Joe can walk. <laughs> Why do you still want to sleep in a bed with three other people? I mean, sure. obviously one's your wife, but those deadbeat grandparents. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know what? Losing losing my book. I uh, where where do I go? Where where do I go after this, Mike? Where are my show? pod questions? Here we go. I keep it I, I back up. Um, On the cloud. Yeah. Would you like to see a? Sequel to Tim Burns' Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No. Yeah. You don't want to see Johnny Depp. He, he, he got cleared in, in court. Perhaps maybe he can act in movies again. You know what I'm saying? Like, first thing I'm going to do, we're running it back. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, there is a sequel book. Oh, okay. It, it, I believe it is called um, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Oh, yeah. There is a second book in the series that Roldal wrote. So, the source material exists. Yeah. I don't... I mean, they... I don't think... So, in the end of both movies, they're in the Great Glass Elevator. Yep. I don't think they actually ever used the Great Glass Elevator in the original book. So, I think maybe they crossed into the the second book for the movies. But, yeah. So, there is some source material there, I guess. What, um... What about a remake, then? Remake? Do we need a third shot at Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? I would entertain a remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. All right, you gotta nail, you gotta nail Willie Wonka. He's the most important character. I mean, I mean, it is the Renaissance, and maybe he was in the running for for the Johnny Depp role, but Nick Cage. Oh, 
Nick Cage, I think Nick Cage would actually own as Willy Wonka. I thought we were going to go Matthew McConaughey. Because you said <laughs> Renaissance. I was like, oh yeah, the McConaissance. Let's, get, let's get kind of like a Southern, like, all right, all right, like Willy Wonka, you know? But he can go a little dark. We, we saw True Detective. That's you know? true. Yeah. He can talk about life as a flat circle. He can pull, you know, he when they're going through the Snozberry thing, which they didn't do in this one, uh, you know, he can kind of give a little, like, uh, it's Fugazi, it's Fugazi, you know? He can kind of do that thing. Uh, and, and, isn't what's the what movie do they use the snozberries taste like? Oh, that's Super Troopers. The Super Troopers taste yeah. like in the glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe it was Days and Confused. Yeah. Okay. So maybe not a true remake, but maybe you do like a kind of a soft remake. You do that. You do the glass elevator. You do Charlie's Charlie the glass elevator. That way, you're not necessarily stepping on the toes of a beloved cultural classic, but you can still get a, you can still get your shot of remaking it. Yeah. You know, you can and you get some chocolate factor in there. Um, let's see. What character is most worthy of a spinoff from Charlie and Chalk Factory? And we're, and we're taking Charlie, and we're taking Willie, and we'll take Grandpa Joe, and an Oompa Loompa off the... We're taking that one Oompa Loompa who was multiplied. Um... A spin-off? Does it have to be a continuation of where the character ended up at the end? You can do a prequel. You can do... Yeah, we're, we're just getting a movie. It's called... You know, whatever the character's name is, colon, a Wonka story. I <laughs> love this idea. Yeah. I, does that have to be from the 05 movie or can it be a character from from the 71 movie? Oh, okay, yeah. I, okay, so I absolutely, positively hated, I wanted to punch Baruka Saul in the stomach so hard from the 1971 movie. She was the vile thing. She was way more obnoxious. But I would love to see that character... That Baruch Assault, uh, I'd love to see that spinoff of that Baruch Assault. Before, is that a prequel? Is the maybe movie, it's a prequel? Like is the movie just up? her being an awful child? Like, yeah, leading up. Maybe it's about her her dad dealing with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd go Baruka. Maybe Bar- the Baruka, the Salt family. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to go uh, Violet post- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which did, so we do, they do at least give us this like what happened to all the kids. Uh, I think in the original, really, it's just um, he just gives a little line that like they're all fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we just take his word for it. But this, they they show that all they're at least all alive. But Violet is purple and stretched out, and she's doing like these crazy flips, and so she was crazy competitive, right? She was world record. She obviously learned a lesson, right? I don't know what the lesson. Here's my problem with both. Okay, um, the German, I forget to keep forgetting the German kid's name, but he, his thing was gluttony, right? He just ate and he ate and he yeah. ate chocolate, which is kind of fucked up because, like, well, Willie, you sell chocolate, so this is kind of on you. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of your fault. You're a dealer enabling, like, an addict, and you invited him here. Uh, I, again, it was by random chance that he got the ticket, and then, like, Veruca was. Her thing, she was a greedy child. My TV watched too much. I feel like by the end, they were kind of just reaching. It's like, yeah, greedy kids, gluttonous kids, kids who watch a lot of television, <laughs> and kids who chew gum. Yeah. Are pre- like, this one, they kind of make it seem that she, her thing was that she was too competitive, where in the first one, it truly was. Even the Oompa Loompa song was just, you chew too much gum. <laughs> which I was like, is that really punishable? Like... <laughs> He chews too much gum. Oh, you sell gum. You remember all the gum used to be under the desk? I, yeah, gum yeah. was 
gums him for the hoodlum. So this one, she's too competitive. But then she comes out and she's like this like... Super gymnast. Su- yeah, yes. So it's a redemption story of her now, because she has that competitive nature, it's her trying out for the, her going for the Junior Olympics. And then like... So now it's a sports movie about this like stretchy girl uh, who's purple. But then she just ends up founding the Blue Man Group. Oh, baby. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how to add. I mean, I'm not a writer, but I like that. Yeah. Oh, because you it, it's the it's the classic sports movie where like you think she's going to win, she doesn't she doesn't make she doesn't make the squad. But then cut to 6 months later, she also found her love of music and um, doing a lot of acting with your eyes. Like mm. that's right. That's what Blue Man Group does, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I thought they just like sprayed food on people or oh. something. It was Carrot Top. That's Gallagher. Right? Oh, that's Gallagher. Yeah, smashing the pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Violet. Um, okay. Is is probably you know after what happened to her. Uh... Oh no, she wasn't stretchy. My TV was stretchy. She was just blue and didn't have bones. Oh yeah, you're right. My TV was all like, because he was tiny, so they smushed him out. They they had they, stretched they, him out in the taffy pole. They took him to the taffy pole, so he was really tall. Yeah. Uh, Violet was just um, she like had no bones or whatever, so she could just so she was just doing flips. Yeah, she got juiced. Yes. So yeah, so it's really just her uh, taking that competitive energy and trying to go for the Junior Olympics. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where I go. Okay. Um, okay. They they go. Do you going towards the I guess the title changing the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? You think that was a good call? Saying, hey, we're going more for the book than remaking Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? I actually think that was a good call. I think yeah. that was a good call for the dude title-wise. That was the biggest defense. I, you know, this movie has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is wild. Uh, but it's really high to me. The Rotten Tomatoes, they say in their critical census. And then, so I went to Reddit. I just typed in, you know, I go to Reddit slash movies, and I type in the movie and see if anybody has like a thread on it. And the biggest defense of this was people just saying, it's more like the book. And so I guess, yeah, call it Toronto Terrific. At least you get that out, where it's just like, oh, this isn't good the next same one. It's like, well, it's true to the book. In which case, I say, sometimes books need to be changed a little bit for movies. And most of them are. Yes, like, you need to have some creative license, yeah. because the ending sucks for a movie. Maybe in the book, when you get, like, an epilogue, uh, right? Epilogue? Prologue? No, your epilogue. That's at the end, right? You get an epilogue, that's fine. I already got my action sequence two chapters earlier, my, my big climax, so I can get a little tag on it. In a movie, I don't need that. Yeah. For as long as it goes on. Um, all right, you've seen them both. Which one are you putting on first? Willie. Yeah. Willie, Willie over Charlie. Willie Wonka, I still enjoy as an adult. My son has no attention span. He didn't give a shit about this movie. But <laughs> he, he didn't give a shit about both. Either one. He was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not down with this. I think in five years... I think he would enjoy Willy Wonka in the time. So this brings me back to my question. Do you think that there may, might be a teacher that says this one, the 2005, it doesn't have the dark edge. It's a little more colorful. It's a little brighter. It's a little more computer animated. Maybe a little faster than the, the 1971 slower version. You don't have little people in it, so you don't have to explain that. You just have you know one you know Indian man, Middle Eastern man, uh, playing all the roles. Do you think there's a teacher that says we're throwing this one on? Okay. Let's let's uh, let's say there's right now. I mean, no, I know it's summer in yeah. in summer break in the United States, but let's say there's school in session right now. Sure. There are, and let's go. Let's just like shrink the numbers here. Let's say there's a hundred teachers teaching Willy Wonka right now. Yeah. They're going through the book. 
they're going to have their end of the book. They're going to get to the end of the book. They're going to have their their Friday mm-hmm. afternoon party before spring break. They're going to watch the movie, eat food. Everybody gets a little yep. box of nerds. Yeah, or someone's mom made, made cookies or, yeah. you know, gluten-free whatever for, you know, the hippie parents' kids or whatever and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I think there's 100 teachers teaching this. And I think there's two teachers te- going to show Charlie. Of, I think it's 2%. And oh. I think one is a snarky guy that lost his untenured college professor job in literary history. And he's playing Charlie because it's closer to the source material. Sure. And then the other one. They got a bad internet connection, can't stream a movie, and can only find a Blu-ray of Charlie in the <laughs> Chocolate Factory. That is the other person. He yeah. he just can't actually find an old VHS. He, he's got a VHS of Willy Wonka because it's in the school library, yeah. but he can't find a working VCR. All he can find is a Blu-ray because they got a bad internet connection out in the fucking sticks in this tiny little Upper Peninsula Michigan school. Uh-huh. They can't stream a movie. So, yeah. or maybe legally they can't stream a movie. That's, he, that's all he's got. This is on Netflix right now. All he's got is yeah. Charlie, because that's all he can physically can show. The other guys, the a hole, two p two out of hundred. Mark, that was a long explanation of that whole deal, but it just came out. You know, Street consciousness, consciousness that just happened. This movie's seventeen years old. If you, you know, so let's say you were five, six when you watched this movie, you are now twenty three. You you're fresh out of university. With your teaching degree, and I just wonder, like, do we have like young, twenty-five-year-old teachers who go, "I grew up with Charlie the Chocolate Factory. I grew up with Burden and Johnny Depp." You know, this is interesting. I, I'm gonna. So my brothers are much younger than me. Yeah, they're eleven years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So they graduated high school in two thousand and eleven. Sure. Yeah. This would be a good test to ask them. Yeah. Like, do you recall the? watching these movies and which which when you think of the chocolate factory which movie do you go back to sure it would be interesting to ask them they're kind of in that age range where oh five they would have been in junior high yeah so what which one did they watch if they watched it yeah, fresh off the pirates movie. Yeah, you know? they're like, oh yeah, Depp. I just I just gotta watch him blow, and then here's what he's coming <laughs> out with. Like, let's, let's see what he does. Um, yeah, and finally, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Do we need it? No. You know, this may be controversial to some people, to 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 the cult and the cultural falling of Tim Burton. <laughs> but I say you can just take away this entire Depp burden run I just I don't like any of the stuff that he's done here I I, I don't need this part of Johnny Depp I, don't I mean need what this. was so the only other Burton Depp movie I can think of is Scissorhands uh and then okay then Sleepy Hollow came, oh I like Sleepy Hollow yes yeah I like that as well and then okay then we get um that was Burton I didn't know that was Tim Burton that was actually. Tim Burton um and then okay so we had Charlie and Chocolate Factory Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, The Dark Shadows. Okay. And it's all Johnny Depp doing, like, weird stuff. Okay, yeah. I, I would... And Corpse Bride is animated, but, like, Sweeney Todd, which I... I, I like Sweeney Todd. I like Sweeney Todd, but I think that's more of the music than anything. Yeah, really. yeah. And then Alice in Wonderland, The Dark Shadows. I just, like, I don't need Johnny Depp being a weirdo. 
Yeah, I didn't see either of those. Yeah. I saw the Dark Shadows. I think I've only seen parts of Alice in Wonderland. I know he plays like the Mad Hatter. And, okay. Yeah, I just I, I don't need this run of the Bert. I I I, said I don't need coming off of the the Pirates movies. It's just kind of weird that he did this run of like I'm just gonna play weird characters. And it's I find it weird too that Tim Burton like. I, you know, I know when you got your guy, you got your guy, right? Yeah. Like, like Joe Montana had Jerry Rice, you know? But, like, wouldn't you as a director, like, want to, like, try to direct an, another actor in a lead? Like, maybe that's it. Why I don't really like this. I was like, did these guys just get too comfortable doing their, like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me throw this at you. Johnny Depp, are we sure he's good? <laughs> I, I want to say yeah. Is late Johnny Depp just... But... Man, okay, just movies I've heard of. And maybe these, like, non... These movies I haven't heard of are good. So let's take the Pirates of the Caribbean movies out of it. Because that's a big chunk of this. But okay, so he's on Murder in the Orient Express. He has a very small role in that. Um, which actually I think he's, he's fairly good at. He does the Fantastic Beasts movies, which I didn't see. Mordecai, which I did see. And that is not a good movie. Into the Woods, I did not see. The Lone Ranger, Dark Shadows, small cameo in 21 Jump Street, and then all Pirates movies, and, like, the last non-Pirate movie. Okay, then we get to, like, he does The Tourist with Angelina Jolie. I also did not see Public Enemies, which is 2009. So these last 13 years, Johnny Depp hasn't done a movie I've wanted to watch. That's a long run for a guy yeah. I consider a pretty good actor, but like, am I just banging off like oh nineties and early two thousands? Johnny Depp was so good. You know, sometimes there's just one one role, and it just that becomes who he is in in your mind, right? Yeah, because now I'm going okay. So, Public Enemies, he does his Tim Burton run that takes us back to two thousand five. Secret Window, not a good movie. Ooh, I like Secret Window. You like Secret Window? I like, I, I like, I like old books and stuff. Yeah, okay, so Secret Window. Or no, I'm thinking Ninth Gate. That, that's, so that's like late 90s, right? Okay, yeah, I like the Ninth, Ninth Gate, Gate, not Secret Window. Yeah, okay, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Actually, I think he's given a good performance. I don't know if that movie's good, but I actually like Johnny Depp in that. Yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting one, yeah. Then he does Charlie Chaplin. And now we're to like Blow from Hell, Shakula. Sleepy Hollow, Ninth Gate, so, okay, Fear and Loathing. Now I'm like, okay, yeah, this is where Donnie Brasco. That's oh, that's Donnie the Brasco's good. That's the Depp I remember, but that's thirteen years ago, yeah. Johnny Depp. And then it's just like, oh, he, yeah, he got into doing. He, he did three franchises because he did like two Fantastic Beast movies, I think. Right? Like he, yeah. So he got the, third recast. One, the third one just came out. I think yeah, he was recast. He was so. recasting that one. He did the Pirates movies, and there's eight of those now? Six? And then he did the Tim Burton franchise. And that was from 2000 to now. That's all he's done. And that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. Try and try. We didn't need it. I, all right. Yeah, that's my answer. No, I, I did not like this movie. And it makes me question Johnny Depp. Kind of do, too, now. Yeah. Am I just riding on uh, Gilbert Grape? I know. I mean, I, come, I came into this, and I was like, man, Johnny Depp was... Shit. Yeah. He brought, I mean, he he'd had a huge fan base. He brought people to the theaters. Sure. Yeah. He, and 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 I had just always I thought that was because he was a good actor. Yeah. 
Uh, and, you know, when I get into some of those '90s movies, I'm like, oh yeah, like Donnie Brasco, yeah, that's good. So like, good. Uh, yeah, like Blow, like yeah, he's good in that, right? Yeah. And then, I, and even this, I was like, oh, he's he's good in it. I don't like some of his choices, but like, you can tell he's acting. He's taking a swing. Yeah, I can appreciate that. But it doesn't work. So if you have thoughts, if you if you're a, if, if you're part of the Depp Hive, um, is there a Burton cut to this movie that we haven't seen? Did, did this get destroyed by the studios? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe there's maybe a super maybe, dark yeah. Burton cut. Yeah, if black, you, a black and white Burton cut. If there, you can uh, email us at dbtgpodcast.gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, dbtgpod, and, and let us know. Yeah, is the Burton cut better? Are we? Are do we just not? Are we dumb? Do we not get the Johnny Depp? Um, maybe we need to reread the book. Maybe we need. Maybe I need to read the book. Yeah, for the maybe, first time. Yeah. That's what we're missing. Um, God, what were we, oh, we we're doing sweet treats. This is that. So okay, that puts a bow on sweet treats. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Um, that was my my theme, the yeah. sweet treats theme. I wrote down three themes, and they're in my book. So I'm gonna go with the one I remember. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So we're doing this, and it's just because I know this movie's streaming, and I want to watch it. I call it this month. Titular character, which is one of my favorite phrases that we say on the podcast, is, or I say, titular characters. Uh, and we're going to do, for this one, we're going to do Rambo First Blood 2. First Blood Part, part yeah, 2. I believe it's called. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I just looked it up on. Here we go. Yeah, it is streaming on HBO Max right now. And it's called. So we're doing the second Rambo movie, which is called Rambo colon, First Blood Part, part 2. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for titular characters, and so we're yeah, and all the Rambo's right now are on HBO Max, and I want to watch First Blood. So I figure, and Rambo colon First Blood. Don't give me your grade now, but I'm excited for your grade. So the requirement is the character name be in the title. Yes. Okay. That's all we're looking for is the character name is in the title. So Top Gun Maverick, that would have worked. Gotcha. Other examples. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, All right, that'll do it for this week. Join us next week for our next episode for Rambo First Blood Part 2. Uh, till then, it's been Don't Be That Guy, Guy to Sequel Remakes. Don't touch the chocolate river. I do say that all seemed rather rehearsed.